Jonah chapter 1. Um, we were at Liberty Baptist Church. I want to thank the team for being there. You guys are amazing. We were there Friday night, and it was a great blessing being there with the people in D.C. And thank you for being there. So this past Tuesday night, uh, Pastor Dom continued to lead um, uh, our conversation about getting over yourself. And he talked about, and it was such a great job. He talked about how Jesus, if Jesus, our, our high priest, was able to get over himself and humble himself to the point of being a servant, what is you and I excuse? And so it's an interesting thing how he came out of Philippians chapter two and talked about how Jesus did not take on, excuse me, any representation of who he was. I'm not saying that he gave up his deity. He didn't give up anything. He just didn't act. He just did not um, take of the pleasures of this world as a deity should. However, he did the opposite of what Satan decided to do when we read Isaiah. Satan, he wanted to set up, a, uh, he wanted to set up and be glorified himself and exalted in the same manner as God. However, not Jesus, not Jesus. Jesus humbled himself to a point of a servant. He humbled himself so very low that even he, he <laughs> that's why some people can't get with Jesus because he came poor so that you may become rich. So that you can, so he can really be identified as the chief high priest. Amen. And so that was so amazing. It kind of stole my thunder. So because of that, I have to find something else to talk about. So I really haven't been able to talk about Jonah, but I want to go there. And you know, as I was thinking, there's other ways that we need to get over ourselves, especially in worship sometimes. Definitely need to get over ourselves in worship sometimes because... I think we come too made of self and worried about ourselves and not worried about God. But I'll talk about that later. But another reason why we need to get rid of, uh, get over ourselves is because as I stated on the first Sunday when we laid this out, it's bigger, the part, it's bigger than you. Um, what, the, what was the first message entitled? I believe it, yeah. The part I, and, and we talked about is bigger than you. And I wanna talk about Jonah tonight uh, talk about Jonah with you tonight uh, to really talk about how um, your lack of submission is standing in the way of somebody's deliverance. All right? And I want to talk about that from Jonah tonight um, because most of us have this mentality and it's not good. So Jonah chapter 1 uh, verses one through three, I believe is on the screen. It says, now the word of the Lord came the son of, uh, to Jonah, the son of uh, Amittiah, saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee from Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So I want to talk about this for a second because, again, um, 
say, you got to get out the way. Got to get out the way. Got to get out the way. So what happens is, is uh, God gives Jonah. Um, Jonah is a minor prophet. Um, it's not that he's minor in his word. It's just that he's a minor prophet. We don't, we don't talk more, talk a lot about him per se. Uh, but Jonah, ladies and gentlemen, uh, he's given an instruction from God. And oftentimes we've heard of the stories, you know, Jonah swallowed up by a whale. People say, well, it never said a whale. He was just swallowed up by a big fish. Um, most people will say that the story of Jonah or the account of Jonah is fictitious. I'm not here to, or some people will discredit this account. However, Jesus um, in the New Testament talks about his death will be one likened to Jonah. And so that right there tells you that uh, Jonah was a real person, uh, a real fish did swallow him, and he was able to live in the belly of the fish for three days, for three nights. And that's what Jesus likened it to. So when people try to make that account or some theologians or people who, who study the Bible, who criticize the Bible, who when they look at it, when they try to make that account, well, Jesus himself likened it to Jonah, then it means it's real. Okay? Jesus being God. And so Jonah is giving this instruction from God to then go to a city of Nineveh, um, Israel's arch enemy. Uh, Nineveh is a great capital city of, the, uh, of Assyria. All right, the Assyrians and Israel were always in war. Always, right? And they were known to be some cruel people. Did some nasty, disgusting things. And um, Jonah did not like this instruction. He didn't care for this instruction. Uh, he didn't even talk to God about it. <laughs> he didn't say anything. He heard, you know, that's a funny thing. Sometimes you get an instruction from God and you don't talk to him about it. It's just in your mind. It's an absolute no. It's not happening. All right. Jonah was so serious. Uh, he didn't say nothing in response. Jonah's response was like, I'm getting a bag and I'm getting out of here. <laughs> Peace out, homie. <laughs> I'm going as far away from that old thing as possible. So he, fly, he flees to Tarshish, somewhere down in Europe, which in, their, in that day, they thought what the earth was flat. So they, that was the farthest men have traveled at this time, to go all the way over there. And so Jonah is fleeing. He's coming out. He said, absolutely not. I'm not doing this. This is not for me. I don't see myself in that uh, I don't see myself doing that. Uh, I'm not going down there to the city. And, and, and here's the instruction. The instruction that God gives him there is to arise and go. And then not only go, but I want you to cry out against it. Why does he want him to cry out against it is in verse 2. Because of their wickedness has come up to me. And so because... These are wicked people. God is saying, hey, I want you to go down there and I want you to cry out against it. And, and, and I think it's interesting, ladies and gentlemen, that oftentimes the reason why we like to flee from the instruction or not do the instruction of God because we don't particularly care for it. It's not something that really lines up with what you would like to do. It's not something that you feel is 
sometimes the, the assignments that God or, uh, or the instructions that he give you to do doesn't sound all exotic. Well, for you down here, it's like, hey, man, I didn't have no plans of living in Merlin all of this time. And so you're telling me I have to stay here? Huh? You know what I mean? Why can't I not get an instruction saying, Brittany, <laughs> go to Florida. <laughs> Move. Why can't I not get an instruction saying, Jacozy, Jacozy. <laughs> Go there over here. Huh? Why is that? Because oftentimes, ladies and gentlemen, the things that God does and the things that he says, oftentimes, ladies and gentlemen, does not always make sense. Why in the world are you sending me down there to pray and, I mean, excuse me, to cry out against it, pretty much to preach against them? Um, there's a multitude of things going on. So you're sending me there to preach against them. Why would I do that? They could kill me. That's a possibility. It's a very real possibility. Known, been known to do such things. So why would I do that? But not only that, why would I preach to them? And I don't think that they're, they're, why would I go to them? And I don't think that they're deserving of mercy. And so oftentimes, ladies and gentlemen, when you don't get over yourself, you begin to, um, when you don't get over yourself, what you begin to do is, ladies and gentlemen, you stand in the way of who God is instructing you to go and minister to. And so oftentimes it doesn't seem sexy and it doesn't seem all of those types of things of why should I go over there? But no, the reality is, is that when you get out of your way of things, you can really be a blessing to somebody else. Because in God's mind, God has an idea of who he wants you to minister to. And oftentimes we don't like the where and we don't like the who we have to minister to neither. And sometimes you got to minister to people despite who they are and despite where the location is. And so if you can't get over yourself, what will then happen is, is that you will take matters in your own hands and try to take your ministry, take your business, take whatever it is somewhere else, and you misplace yourself out of the destiny and purposes of God. And that's why a lot of people move back into their hometown or move back to certain things because God never told them to leave in the first place. The reality is, is that when you try to take matters in your own hand that you were not given an instruction to do and you resist the instruction that God gave you the first time, you will not get away from God. Why will you not get away from God? Because God is trying to use you to get to a person or to get to a people, <laughs> excuse me, that will be blessed by you. Are you hearing me tonight? I'm Elder Boomy, and I wanted to ask you guys to connect your faith with ours by being a part of our Only Believe Capital campaign. Your contribution will help us connect more lives to the transforming power of Jesus Christ. And it's really simple to give. All you have to do is text TCF1 to 77977. You'll receive a link, click on it, and under the tab that says Fund, choose the Only Believe Capital campaign. We thank you for partnering with us and for believing God with us in the unbelievable and unpredictable possibilities. And remember, transformation starts here. Thank you.
We want you to connect your faith with us as we embark on an ambitious capital campaign entitled, Only Believe. Support us by playing a part in the next stage of our church's history. So the reality is, is that this, God's heart was for the people of Nineveh. Even though they were wicked people, his heart was for them. And God deemed them worthy of, watch this, mercy. And so the very people we don't deem worthy of mercy are the very ones that God wants us to minister to. That's why in the recent years, there has not been an increase in the salvations or real conversions within the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask me why. Because the very people that God is trying to get us to minister to, we are running left from. We don't want to deal with new age things. We don't want to deal with the new age things of people struggling in their sexuality and struggling with this and struggling with that. These are not new problems, but it's increasing within a generation. But we feel like these people are not deemed of mercy and that's why we run away from them because they don't look like you and I. And the reality is when Paul told the Corinthian church, you were once one of them. You were once somebody who was lost. You were once somebody that was struggling in sexual sin. You were once one of them, but something came along and transformed your life. And they are also worthy of the same grace and the same mercy. And so the reality is, is that your business and that you as an individual and what you have to say is important. It is very important and it's important to God so you can go and minister to the people that God would have you to minister to. But you don't want to do that because number one, you don't want to give them the mercy. Because in Jonah's mind, Jonah was acting as God determining who is who is worthy of mercy. Who is worthy of grace? And the reality is none of us are worthy of the mercy and the grace of God. None of us are. We are all, oh my God, we are all sinners. But thank God that he sent his son to save us. What if Jesus said, what if Jesus heard God tell him, hey, I want you to go die. I want you to die on the cross. What if Jesus said, man, I'm not going to do that. You already know there's not going to be people. No, Jesus said, yes, I'll take on the challenge. And he did it. But here Jonah, on the other hand, Jonah begins to flee. And guess what? When you do that, in this account of Jonah, God will hunt you down. Why? Because he wants you to do it. Not so-and-so. Not so he wants you. Why are you trying to get in the way of that? Because God wants you. Yes, he could use anybody to do it, but he wants you to do it. He wants you to go to Nineveh. He wants you to go into your house. He wants you to do it. He wants you to go into your church ministry. He wants you to do it. He's calling you. Hallelujah. He is calling you. He's calling you to set the things straight. He's calling you to be a voice to your friends. He's calling you to live holy and set apart lives so that your children could see it. He's calling you to do it. He's not calling so-and-so. Yeah, he got a call for them, but there's a call that he wants you to specifically do. So who are you? 
to be in yourself to say that I'm not going to do that. And begin to run left. Get on the boat. Put other people in harm's way because of your bad decision. And <laughs> because of your bad decision. And then put yourself in harm's way. Because you decided to run. And the reality is, is that running gets you nowhere. But you, you think that running does. Often people, oftentimes people are scared of what they possess and what God has given them as a gift. And they run and they run and they run. Why? Because you have to be accountable for the gift. You have to be accountable for it. You got to be accountable to the instruction that God has given you. And you cannot get away from it. Because guess what? He will continue to count you down with it until you give in. Until you get to the place where Jonah was. You know what the interesting thing about Jonah in my study about Jonah. Jonah was a man that could never really get over himself fully. I'm going to be honest with you. Jonah, yes, he repented in Jonah chapter 2, but you know what he did? He actually reverted back to his old ways. In the, fourth, in the, in the last chapter of Jonah, it is an open-ended conclusion to the book. Because what happens is, is that he, you know, he repents, he eventually goes to Nineveh, he preaches, and they actually respond to it like he knew they were going to do in the first place. That's why he didn't want to go. And so again, in chapter four, he's complaining about why God, why did you do this? And da, 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 da. And, and he, he, he's mad. And guess what? It ends just like that with God asking him a question. It's open-ended. You don't really even know what happens. Why? Because God cannot continue to use somebody who's still stuck on himself. Jonah, there, you know what? Jonah could have even, Jonah's book could have lasted more than four chapters. <laughs> but Jonah stopped his ministry. Most people don't look at it that way. I do. Study it for yourself. Jonah begins, he got back into himself. He eventually went to Nineveh. But here's the thing. When you, when you eventually go and you really didn't like your assignment in the first place and you never embraced it in the first place, guess what? You will always hate it. Even while he repented and all of that, he preached down there, he still did not like the fact that he was there. Here's the reality of what I'm saying. If you don't get over yourself, you will not appreciate the joy of the assignment. You won't, you won't appreciate it. You won't live in the moment. You'll be looking for, okay, when is the next thing to get me out of here? That's why people oftentimes don't enjoy the journey. Because they don't like the little stops along the way. You don't like that you have to stop in Nineveh. You don't like how you have to go and preach in Nineveh for a season and tell them, come out of here. Come on. You don't like that. But I'm telling you now, you have to get over yourself and get your way, get out of the way. And guess what? With him running, he mistakenly, them, them soldiers end up getting saved. I mean, them, them sailors end up getting saved from the boat. So no matter what you try to do, God's will is going to be done one way or another. But he wants you to go pick up your stuff 
go to Nineveh and cry out against it. That's what I want you to do. I want you to go down there and prayer, you know, cry out and spare not. But you know what we often do? Because we don't like it. We don't like the place. We don't like where it is. We do nothing. Oh, yeah, we do something. We run instead of running to it and don't appreciate the full blessing of it and get just like Jonah. Well, those people turned and all of that stuff like that, but this ain't fair. This ain't right. Because what happens when the people turn, the very people you preach to turn and they do better than you? Then you have an issue. But here's the thing about our self-centered society. All everybody wants to go to conferences, read self-help books. Nothing wrong with that. Educate yourself. But the reality is most of them haven't even followed the instruction that God gave them. And that's not even going to get you anywhere. What does it mean to get a whole lot of knowledge if you can't apply it? (laughs) What does it mean to get all of this prophecy and all of this prophetic word? You know what most people do? They become full of prophecy and it never fulfills. It never fulfills. Why? Not because they were a wasted prophecy. They just got fat off of it. They got so swelled up with it that they never did nothing with it. You got to actually work it out. Because you really have not gotten over yourself. Because the reality is, he didn't tell you to run to a conference. He told you to run to Nineveh. Oh, I just need an instruction. No, he gave you instruction. Run to Nineveh. Oh, God, I'm just waiting for this better job. No, run to Nineveh. Oh, I'm just trying to get myself better. No, run to Nineveh. But yet, when you are in yourself, you say, oh, no. Mm -mm. That ain't it. That ain't it. Why you do that? And that's all people have become now. Fat off of knowledge, fat off of the access of being able to gain knowledge within seconds. And everyone wants to be comfortable with the knowledge they have and don't actually want to extend mercy. So we hide behind these phones and our little Instagram and Facebook posts. We, we are, you know, we are... We're very prophetic on here, but you can't go simply to your house and cry out against it. You can't even pray for somebody, but yet you got them. You can you can tweet and Instagram and Facebook, but you can't even run into your home and pray over it. You can't even you can't even go into your workplace and pray when you get there that the hand of God will be here. What is this? You haven't even followed the first instruction, but you want to be blessed. That makes a lot of sense. God can't bless somebody that's full of himself. 
God could not use Jonah as much as he wanted to because Jonah was still stuck on him. You see Jonah chapter 2, he repented. Jonah chapter 3, preached. Jonah chapter 4, he's back into himself again. Why? Because he's stuck on himself. That's what I'm trying to tell you about this whole series. You want to know why this is not a popular message? Because I'm telling you about yourself, about you and I. There's some things, I'm going to be honest with you, there's some places I'd rather not go. I just was at a place. I did not intend to. But you know what? God himself, go to Nineveh, cry out against it. And you know what happens? Great deliverance takes place at any place. Why? Because you gotta follow the instruction. Here's the thing. Oftentimes we pray for like, God, open up opportunities. Oh, open up. And then the moment you hear about where you gotta go, you're like, oh man. Can I get another one? And the funny thing about it all is this. You ask for it. Now walk it out. Run and preach. Go over there. Talk to that person. You know your friend is lost. Why are you going to keep letting them be lost? You know that they're, you know that they need God. You have God. Extend mercy to them. And here's the other thing. You can't care about your history with the person. Or what they think they know about you or know of you and what you've done together. It doesn't mean anything. What matters is you need mercy. I know the God of mercy. And I want to let you know the God of mercy. So that we can both be in mercy together. But here's the other thing. You stuck on yourself. Well, that's, you know, that's her. She's a free spirit. That's him. You know that he just him. No, 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 no. That ain't just him. You need Jesus. And you cannot determine who you would like to share Jesus with and who you don't. Or who you think is deserving. Even your worst enemy needs Jesus. And I'm not telling you you got to labor with them at all. I'm just saying just present it to them. Give them the opportunity to turn you down. More so than turn you down, turn down Jesus. Because it ain't about me. Because if it was up to me, I wouldn't preach to you anyway. <laughs> That's the truth, ain't it? But that's the real truth. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, is this. You have to humble yourselves to the assignments that you like and you don't like. But then the reality is, the ones that you don't like end up turning out to be bigger blessings than you ever imagined in your life. I'm going to tell you this story. You know, we didn't intend to open a church out here. In the, in, the, in the Howard County. We originally thought we'd be in Baltimore County. God shut the door down. He said, go up here to the gathering place. We've been up here for three years. I'm like, what in the world? It's not until the time, you know, God blessed us here, made everything open here uh, for us to get this place, even at a, a good price, and it's been a blessing to us for so long. And, you know, the reality is, is that there was people that felt like, there were people that felt like when I told the first team that we were going out here, 
well, why do they need a church? They are fluent and all of that stuff like that. Why would you, why would we leave here and leave the da-da-da-da-da, what we was doing? And people were like, they don't deserve that out there. They didn't deserve what we were doing out here. God's honest truth. We got into a fight almost in the basement. Vernon and Brittany were there. They was like, why are you doing this, Pastor? Da-da-da-da-da. Why are we going out here? That don't make sense. Da-da-da-da-da. So how do we can say that these people didn't deserve the grace and mercy of God? Because we're looking at their finances. <laughs> and you know, if we did not move out here, some of the greatest blessings to our church we would have missed. Because we didn't, because if we would have listened to people who was like, no, they don't deserve it. There's struggles all around here. Yes, they are. There's struggles everywhere. But you can't assume just because people have, are a little well off that they're struggle, that they don't struggle neither. Their struggles just are different than yours, but everyone still struggles. You cannot determine who deserves grace and mercy. Because guess what? At the end of the day, some of your best blessings come from going to places that you don't even really know. But some of the greatest blessings to our church ministry, they serve here every Sunday. Why is that? Because you listen to God. And with another pivot in the history of our church, the same thing is going to happen once again. <laughs> because we went to a place called Clarksville and we cried out against it. And we'll go further to cry out against Silver Spring in D.C. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. If you're not saved in this room, I offer you Jesus tonight. I give you Jesus. I give you Jesus. The only way you make it to heaven, heaven is not inherited. Heaven, in, heaven is a place that only though, that is reserved not for good people, reserved for believers. Those who accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior over their lives. Those who believed in their heart that Jesus is Lord and confessed in their mouth that Jesus is Lord, those are the ones who are saved. Jesus died so you could have a personal relationship with the Father. So if you're not saved, I'll offer you Jesus. If you want to rededicate your life to Christ, you can rededicate your life to Christ. I give you him. You're not too far from the mercy of God. You say, I want to partner with TCF. You can also partner with us. It's available for you as well tonight. In the name of Jesus. If everyone's saved in the house, come on and give God a praise right there.